just once. Like a regular, normal Christmas. Eggnog. Fucking Christmas tree. Little turkey. But no. I gotta crawl around this motherfucking tin can. Folks, welcome to the Man Cave Movie Review, the podcast that reviews the good, the bad, and the ugly of movies for men. This is episode 237, and today we're talking about Die Hard 2. This great and fantastic film stars Bruce Willis, Bonnie Bedelia. I forgot that other guy's name. John Amos. John Amos. William Sadler. William Sadler. There you go. Thanks, guys. Way to pick up. Way to, way to pick the up late, the fumble. The great Fred Thompson. Yep, absolutely. And, and uh, completely uh, break into quorum did, here. Completely break into quorum. Mm-hmm. No, that's all right, because you know what? I fumbled the ball, but you know there are people that actually picked it up. I was expecting the guy that co-founded the show to actually maybe help out a little bit, but no. Uh, look, I know my place. My place is to sit here quietly until introduced. Everybody <laughs> else. All right. All right. Well, there you go. So there you go, folks. That's who's starring in this great and fantastic film. And I am your host, Steve Michaels. And joining me is my very good and dear friend, Ken. I don't always do Tai Chi, but when I do, I'm naked. Roni. I have two words for you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I think I know what they are. (laughs) Leave it to your imagination. <laughs> Is that it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, there you go. And also joining us is our other good and dear friend, Jeff. Why don't you just ask Santa for a new podcast, Muncie? Thanks, Steve. You know, with the amount of people that die via jumping out of perfectly good cover in this movie, I was wanting to rename this movie... Um, Die Hard Walk-A-Mole, but I, I'm just working on a title right now. Okay. Yeah, I... You I, have I, a point. Yeah. A lot of people do get out of perfectly good cover to get nailed. It's horrible. It, it's this, it takes me out of the movie. The only way we can whack the uh, police department is, um, is just by having them, you know... I, I was waiting for somebody at some point to, at some point to say, "Hey, Mo!" as they jumped out from behind cover, <laughs> and uh, you know, with their gun pointing straight up at the ceiling, with no attempt to try to shoot anybody. Just it was it it's it is one of the worst scenes in movie history. But I don't want to give too much away. Okay. All right. Thanks, Jeff. And last and certainly not least is our other very good and dear friend, the Reverend Deuteronomy Skaggs. No, oh, sorry, I, 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 I put my shirt on. I'm out here doing naked Tai Chi and just <laughs> was all lathered up. Sorry. <laughs> I could put it on screen, but you know. Yeah, th- <laughs> yeah, you don't want to throw your back out doing some of that stuff. Yeah, I think you, you know, if, 
you know, I'm the wrong guy at the wrong place at the wrong time, Steve. That's just all I can say. Nice. It's just wrong. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, there you go, folks. We're going to be talking about, um, obviously, it's Christmas. This is our, Jeff, what is this? Uh, our sixth Christmas it is of, of the podcast, I believe. We, we, we have come far, sir. We have come far. This is our sixth Christmas on the uh, Man Cave Movie Review Podcast, and we are going to do, we actually, we sat around, we're like, guys, we got to come up with a freaking Christmas movie for, you know, for, for the Man Cave Movie, and we're, and we're like, and I think it was Ken, he's like, we did all the good ones, and when, <laughs> this is true, and when I, when I started going back to the archives, and I actually had to pull up the Beecham files, I'm like, son of a bitch must pay, we did do all the good ones, I'm like, God bless, there's nothing left to do, and I said, well, wait a minute, Die Hard 2 wasn't that bad. I mean, it's centered around Christmas. I mean, they didn't like push it in your face like in the old one. I mean, you didn't have, uh, you know, Carlisle with the, uh, you know, the Christmas bear in the back of the limo. But I thought, let's do this one. And everybody kind of looked at me with that look they get when they're constipated. And they said, and they said, all right, yeah, let's do it. But you know what? I haven't seen this movie in quite a while, and I, I'm just going to say right off the bat, guys, I don't think it's that bad. It, it's not. It's not as bad as I think we think it is. I think we're, I think we're holding up to a standard that it never was going to reach from, obviously, the original Die Hard. But we're going to get into this conversation. I think it's going to be a good conversation. But um, without further ado, and I don't actually think I really need to build up too much of this movie. I'm not even going to do an IMDb intro to this great and fantastic film. I think I'm just going to say is that this is the sequel to Die Hard. And John McClane is once again in the wrong place at the wrong time. (laughs) Facing up against terrorists on Christmas Day when he should be having turkey. And, you know, eggnog instead of crawling through a fucking steel pipe in the middle of nowhere. So anyway, you know what? We're going to move on to this uh, to this discussion. So. Hey, Jeff, you know, why I, I'm going to have you kick this one off. What are your original thoughts about this? Because obviously I know everybody who is a man cave movie uh, review listener has seen this movie. And if you haven't go see the movie and then become a, a listener of the show. <laughs> okay. Just saying, I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But Jeff, what are your opening thoughts? Well, thanks, Dave. Um, well, my opening thoughts are I. This was one of the first movies uh, that I that I went to see that I believe had an R rating to it uh, back in 1990. Really? And yeah, because I had just turned 18. And could go. Oh God! Because, I you know, forget. I was, you know what? I yeah. keep forgetting how we young lad. you are. Yes. <laughs> so, so um, I mean, this is so. This was like one of the first ones that I could go and see with you know. And my parents never did take me to see rated R movies. I was that kind of a sheltered child. However, so I went to see this movie. Clearly, um, based on you know the original movie's success and the movie that we we did love. 
Speaking of the original movie real quick, um, I, I did get into a spirited discussion this last week on um, uh, on whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not. And uh, and I and I, I think I'm pretty, pretty darn happy to say I, I think I clearly won that argument um, with the uh, litany of um, events that happen throughout the movie that have a, a Christmas uh, focus. So um, I'm, I'm sure my dear friend Andy will. Uh, will will not let it die but um but I'm pretty sure that the uh, prosecution has rested its case <laughs> that said um you know I went into this movie with with high hopes and I and I think that you know as as the movie goes I think it does a great setup um and and does everything well setting up the uh the antagonist and you know you know John McClane's back on screen because you know at this time uh, Bruce Willis was 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 one of the top dogs. I mean, he was the big box office draw next to Schwarzenegger and a few others. And, you know, it had a lot of, it had a lot of hype and billing behind it. And it, and it's got an all-star cast and, 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 you know, and, and the addition of some, some great heavy hitters, um, you know, obviously Fred Thompson, you know, being, being one of those, um, and, and William Sadler. I mean, you know, he's one of our favorite bad guys. He was in, um, uh, the rock, and, um, you know, he, he plays such a just such a great role um, of being a bad dude. But, you know, quite honestly, what really drew me to this movie was John Amos, you know, the father from Good Times. Title bite. And, and this is one of those first the first time that I'd ever seen, like, the quintessential good guy, because um John Amos played, you know, that that patriarch in Good Times. That was, you know, this this great father figure, and and then he shows up in this show, and and he starts off that way as being kind of this kick ass badass type of dude, and then there's there's the switcheroo, which was kind of cool. But that scene that I alluded to in my intro of of how the bad guys take over the airport. Um, it, it's, uh, aside from the inside, uh, the man on the inside, the kind of the Trojan horse is able to open the gates and let people in aside from that trope, which I totally despise. The other one is the bad guys have to be so incompetent that they are, are taken out in, in the most ridiculous way. Hence why I will never agree with Brian that the third Batman uh, of the Christian Bale era is 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 even worth talking about. Um, it it's it is it is so poorly done from that aspect. Um, but it when they have that scene where they're going through the construction zone inside the hospital and and, and the entire police force is taken out. Um, it, 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 at that point I was kind of taken out of the movie, even as a wee lad, I just thought how stupid that that was. And, and then from the rest of the show, it's, it's your typical chase scene. You know, it's the typical, you're just having Nakatomi on snow and, and we're just, you know, we're now running around chasing John McClane, uh, which it is what it is, but I just felt it was just kind of cheap how we got there. And I really, I really was, was it just soured me on the movie to a point, but all that said, there there is some there is some fun in this movie, and they and they and the action is is pretty good, especially given that it was nineteen nineties. All right, and I like Bonnie Bedelia. Period. Well, 
I, I have words to say about her later, but um, there's a few points, and I actually wrote some notes to follow up with what you said, Jeff, about some Not enough Bonnie Bedelia, by the way. Uh, <sighs> you know, she could arguably have gone to the Ivanova School of Acting. I'm sorry, I just, just a quick comment. Oh, shit. Here we go. <sighs> okay. All right, uh, Ken, why don't you jump in so we could save the Reverend for last, and then um, sure. we'll, we'll get the uh, funeral pyre going for him. Well, you know, I, I believe, like Jeff, I, I know I saw this in the theater. I believe I went back in 1990 with Mark, and uh, we went and saw this. And This is pre-me pre knowing you guys. This yeah, is, yeah I didn't far. know you at all. But Mark and I knew each other well, and I think we went and saw this and uh, went out later for a drink and dinner. And uh, I remember I was just back then just saying, like, this movie sucked. It was horrible. It was terrible. Uh, Now, I'm going to make comments. I mean, a thing I liked about this film is it does have a good cast. Again, it's got uh, Bruce Willis back when he still had a full head of hair. that's long ago. Uh, we mentioned it's got Bonnie Bedelia. It's got William Sadler. Uh, we, we didn't mention Dennis Franz, a very prominent actor back in those days. Dennis Franz pretty much played a cop in everything he ever did, at least everything I'm aware of. Yep. Fred Thompson uh, and a bunch of other folks. Uh, Franco Nero was in this movie. He was uh, like the uh, one of the bad guys. Yep. And uh, uh, Ken, and just we have to re- – just refer back to him later because we saw him in another movie we did. Force 10 from Navarone. All right, Brian. Exactly. You're not supposed to jump ahead like that. Sorry. Right. I was going to say it anyway. All right. Detention. Um, now, this, this went off the rails at the interest. There's, <laughs> there's no guidelines now. I will. I mean, there are parts of this movie that I liked. Uh, some of them unintentionally. There's some parts of this that are just like so bad they're good. Uh I did like like the, the the first couple minutes, but it's it was like all sorts of tropes to make it real clear that you were in 1990. I mean, it's that whole thing like he walks in the airport, he checks his beeper, he lights up a cigarette, you know, <laughs> goes to the phone booth, he checks his gun he's got in his holster in the airport. It's like, yeah, that's 1990. You wouldn't do any of those things at an airport today. Yeah. Uh, but uh, to me. Jeff said, like, when he saw that big, that one shootout scene as a youth, and maybe today it took him out of the movie. My, I just, there are so many plot holes in this movie, so many inconceivable things and unexplained things to me. They just threw him in there to make a good action shot. It took me out of the movie constantly. I just couldn't stay in the movie because there's so many things going on that just made no sense to me. They're just ludicrous just to set up, you know, some sort of conflict. There's way too many scenes of, you know, uh, Bruce Willis confronting, you know, Dennis Franz or, you know, uh, Fred Thompson or having a big yelling scene just to have drama. It's like, no, they wouldn't put up with that at all. It'd be like, okay, you civilian, you're getting in our way. We're going to arrest you or escort you out, and that's going to be the end of it. Uh, you know, did I hate it? Uh, at the time, I actually did. I mean, I'm going to say back then, I, I told everybody, this movie sucks. Don't see it. It's terrible. It's horrible. It's not nearly like the original. Uh, but again, it's got a good good cast. 
it's well shot. I will say that for it. Um, a lot of fake snow. I do like snow. It's cold. Uh, fair amount of flat acting too. A lot of the supporting cast didn't do that good in my opinion. Uh, the plot is just ludicrous. But uh, that's my opening comments. Reverend, what do you got? Brian? Uh, I, th- I think he's got a shut off mic is what he's got. Brian? Oh, yeah. I was looking at it upside down. Sorry about that. <laughs> you know, you know, I could hate this movie for all the reasons that I hated The Rock. All right. So just 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 I'm going to lay it right out here. I'm going to say, am I a freaking hypocrite? Yes. Because I hated The Rock, and this movie has all the problems that The Rock has, all right? I'm going to say that right up front. I still like it. Now, (laughs) and maybe, now, I'll be honest. We said we're going to do Die Hard 2, and I'm thinking like, I'm thinking like, oh, shit. I mean, I I didn't want to watch it. I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to have to grind my ass through this movie. And I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, oh, it's okay. I'll, I mean, I liked it. And to, to talk to kid, man, this thing was '90s. I mean, from the I love, I love the fact he had a cigarette hanging out of his mouth half the time. He got paged. Remember that? Yeah. I knew guys in the business world that had pagers back then, and it was like, man, that guy is killing it. He's got a pager. <laughs> He's got a pager. <laughs> People can get a hold of him. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's it's got a neat cast. It's got Franz. By the way, Dennis Franz, I love Dennis Franz, and he always plays a cop. Even when he, the first time he played a cop was back in Hill Street Blues, and he played a crooked cop, and he killed, they killed him. He comes back like three seasons later, Jeff, you're nodding your head. He comes back three seasons later, he's a good cop. And by the way, guess who his snitch was? Sid the Snitch was Peter Jurassic. Oh, no shit. No shit. That first time I ever saw Peter Jurassic was he was Dennis Franz's snitch. And it was, he was called Sid the Snitch. And to this day, I see him. I'm like, there's Sid the Snitch. It's not Londo. It's Sid. <laughs> uh, uh, Franco Nero. You know, I freaking Franco Nero is like 76 years old now, by the way. You know, and I want to go back when we talk about actors. I do want to talk about him a little bit because I, I'm pretty much convinced that son of a bitch sold the soul of the devil. Because we saw him before in... We talked in Force 10 and Navarro. And I was actually kind of surprised. I was pulling up the Beecham Files, and I was like, holy shit, you know, we did that movie. Uh, that was actually episode um, uh, 201, which was um, like right after I retired. Um, well, semi-retired, I guess you can call it that. But, yeah, he we did that. That was back in uh, March of seventeen. And he was in Force Time from Navarone. He played. Um, um, he was Escobar. Colonel or whatever. Es- but, yeah. Escobar. Yeah, Colonel Escobar. Yes. And when you when you look at because that movie was made back in uh, that movie was made back in 1978. Yeah, that's right. And when you look at Franco Nero in this movie, it's like. I don't think that dude really aged that much. No, he looks a little younger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, doesn't he, he actually looks younger. And then, you know what? He's in John Wick 2. If you've seen the I, second John Wick 2 movie, he's in there. And I'm like, the fucker's still alive? I mean, 
this guy, I, I mean, I, I don't, him and Keanu Reeves may have something going on right now because these two guys, the older they get, the younger they look. I, I'm kind of freaked out about it. But anyway, um, you know, not to interrupt, but I just want, when you kept saying Franco Nero, I was like, holy crap, I forgot he was in this movie. And yeah, I mean, the, I mean, he doesn't look any older. Well, and you had, uh, I mean, you had guys later became famous. I mean, uh, I mean, we've already mentioned, I mean, Fred Tom Thompson, by the way, Fred Thompson got his start in Norma Ray. If you guys remember that. And he was playing himself in Norma Ray. That's what nobody really knows. Was, yeah, Fred he was Thompson actually was actually himself. a very prominent attorney back in the day. Well, and he was the attorney that did that case. So he basically played himself in Norma Ray, and then he became an actor, you know. But you had uh, John Leguizamo. You had, oh, shit, who was it? Uh, gosh, dang it. He was in uh, Terminator, and he was later in the X-Files. Oh, Jason uh, Patrick. Yeah. Or, uh, or John I Patrick. Mean, Oh gosh, I can't think of his name. I, I like the guy. He's a big biker, by the way. He loves riding bikes. Uh, yeah, Robert he, Patrick. Robert, Robert Patrick. Patrick. Yeah, and he was in Sons of Anarchy too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you had a lot of. I mean, it was a great. It was really a good cast. I mean, uh, actually, Bill Atherton, William Atherton, who always plays a prick. But I always remember Bill Atherton playing in uh, in Centennial in the Cowboys episode as Jim. And Ken probably remembers this, and he was a. He was like the most likable guy in the series, and since that time in his career, he always plays an a-hole. I mean, just absolutely always plays an a-hole. I could have really done without the homoerotic Tai Chi scene, frankly. <laughs> uh, really done without it. And then him whipping around. You watch it over and over oh, Okay, and over uh, Okay, I'm, I'm going to fess up. So I watched that scene <laughs> ten times. But uh, – but then the, the whole freaking thing when he taped, he sh- shoots the TV and turns it off. I'm like, oh come on, you know, we know he's a bad dude. You know, don't don't beat me to death. Here I am, I'm beating on the damn movie. I liked it. I'll I'll sit here and tear this movie apart tonight. I will. I I, I, there, I will talk about the inconsistencies <laughs> that you guys are gonna talk about. But at the end of it, I'm gonna say I still like the movie. It, it's Christmas. You got to have a generous heart at Christmas, guys. There you go. It is a Christmas movie. You can't deny it. That airport was done up for the holidays. Yeah. By the way, real quick, you know who could have saved everybody if she'd have been in the movie? Freaking Lily Tomlin. One ringy-dingy, two ringy-dingy. Call the freaking phones on the damn planes, and it's over. The phones had planes on them. Call the freaking phone on the plane, and it's all solved. No. There you go. They tried that. They caught, There was only so many phones that had planes. Or, or so many planes that had phones. No, no. Well, here, here's how the Curly Bonnie's phone quit working. Well, here's how the telecommunication system solves it. Okay, He's, Fred Thompson pulls a quarter out of his pocket. He walks to the payphone. He drops it in. <laughs> he calls the tower at Reagan Airport, National Airport, five miles away, and said, "Hey, we got a problem here. Can you handle it? Sure. Okay. We'll talk to you later. Bye." <laughs> Movie over. There there you go. Done. Okay. (laughs) Again, it's stuff like that that took me out of the movie. Brother, what's your drinking time? They make (laughs) bad stuff happen for dramatic purposes that has no sense at all. Well, but that's me. Well, I mean, come on, guys. They set up dramatic action scenes. That's what it does. Yeah, but let's let's get realistic here. When we even talk about um, whether. 
you know, the original Die Hard, which we all love. I mean, we all do. It's it's one of our favorite action movies, one of our favorite Christmas movies. I mean, there's no reality. I mean, this is put your brain on wash and wear, get out the popcorn, the bourbon, and just have a good time. It's all about fun. It's not about, oh, well, they could do this and they could do that. These aren't the kind yeah. of movies. When you go into these kind, you know what I'm talking about. When you go in these kind of movies... It, it, you're not looking i mean yeah there's plot holes galore yeah. you have to have plot holes for these movies to be what they are no i i know do that you, i hard you have to have them you don't have to have them you could make a good action movie without having all these plot holes but the writers of this movie were just lazy and ignorant and they just uh, threw stuff out there to make stuff happen yeah. I, I will say this i i and i believe kid i honestly think you could take the four of us and you could have said, here's the movie we want to do, and we could have got rid of the plot holes. I believe that. And so there's a shit ton of higher paid people out in Hollywood. A lot of them with, frankly, maybe some military background, maybe some background in telecommunications. They could have probably done it. They didn't. I get it. You know, and, and, and honestly, Steve, I don't actually disagree with you that much. Anytime you see a movie, you got to suspend belief anyway. I mean, yeah, you, and I'm you, not going to. I am not going to sit here and just pound that drum. I've, I've said my piece on that, and I'll, I'll sit back and talk about the movie the rest of the night, but uh, I just had to come out strongly because that's how I feel about this movie. I mean, when I first saw it, I felt that way. Watching it again made me only probably worse. So, Well, and I'm just going to make this – one point and then I'm, I'm going to shut up and let everybody else have their uh, say about, about the movie that, but you know, one of the things too, we have to remember is that, um, and it's kind of interesting because I kind of had this conversation earlier this afternoon when I was over at the, uh, the grand junction tap room, which I'm sampling some of their beer right now that I'll share with you guys later. We're talking about movies and we're talking about how, you know, why, why do, movies take certain like artistic license or whatever, like historical movies. You know, we talked about Braveheart. It's like, I mean, there's very little of that movie that has a historical basis or there's, you know, when you watch certain movies, like, why did they do this? Why did they do that? And it's like, because I think when you get to the point where if, like you said, Brian, if they had us write this movie, they go, all right, you know, well, after it's all said and done, once you guys get, we, we don't really have a movie because you guys pretty much have uh, stopped the plot before it happened. I mean, that's basically what happens. I mean, when you think about it, when you start looking at, you know, the plot holes basically are, it is, it's the thing that it's, it's the suspense of disbelief. You have to just look past that because if you don't look past it, well, the fucking story doesn't hold like i said if we wrote this it's like well you don't have a story anymore well i'd make it i'd make it like at denver airport where there's no major airports nearby or some crap like that you know i mean i mean you know you, you could you could say like okay what's you can pick an airport out of the country and say okay what's the closest airport to, yeah again there, there's a there's a possible way to do it you know to set this scenario up well uh, but yeah, i mean again, but brian I, I, but, but they like talked about no, but but they talked about that. They said we've diverted everybody that we could. I mean, Atlanta. I mean, every other airport in that area 
they said, we've diverted everything we can. It's like, this is all we've got left. I mean, that's, I mean, again, I said, radio, I, I, said I was shut up. Let's, let's move on about the plot holes. Cause there's pl- <laughs> listeners be warned. There are many plot holes in this movie. If you go right. in as a literalist, you will be disappointed. And the thing of it is, it's not even plot holes. It is one of those things where this is set up literally almost like, and would I look at movies like this? I mean, just basically to put it out there, guys, this is a James Bond movie. Yeah. This is yeah. pretty much, yeah. 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 It, it, yeah. it's a James Bond style movie. You, you suspend this belief. This is, I mean, the bad guy has um, anticipated every possible move you could possibly make, and they did it. That's why I hated Skyfall. I did not like Skyfall because I'm like, Christ, I mean, it's like the guy looked into the future and was like, oh, we did this and we did. So, I mean, that's basically kind of how you have to look at these kind of movies. It's it's a James Bond movie. You know, it's going to be a, a, a crisis up to the very, very, very end and he'll get away. So that's kind of how I see these. And it's just, to me, it's just entertainment. I, I can't get. You know, like movies like this, I don't, I really don't get myself wrapped up into the plot holes because it's just, I, I, ex, I expect a plot hole. If there's no plot hole, I'm kind of disappointed. It's like, oh, well, shit, that's not what I expected. So anyway, those are my thoughts. I'll shut up. I just wish that, uh, William, that William Sadler's, uh, army team could have worked for IPL a few years ago because they got to fix my fucking power <laughs> when I was out for five days. I was five freaking days without power. Those sons of bitches, they just set them loose with some chainsaws and shit like that. They'd had my power back on in my house in what an hour. Well, you know, for a there, price. There you for go. A price. If you want to talk about it, I'll be honest with you guys. If you want to want, talk about the one fucking plot hole that actually had me sitting there at one point because I haven't seen this movie in quite a while. But the one one thing was it's like okay, so these guys are a bunch of you know, special forces, all that. But all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're, I mean, they're expert IT, you know, wiring guys, air traffic controllers. I mean, they're <laughs> running. Okay, so before, you know, like, you know, two years ago, they're, you know, running in the jungles of Honduras, but not next thing you know, they know how to freaking run an air traffic control, and this guy knows how to wire shit. It just, I mean, yeah, it's, it's that kind of stuff where once I'm watching this going, really? everybody's an expert in everything all of a sudden it's like all right well you know before i was a sniper in honduras but you know now i'm landing planes in dulles whatever <laughs> but continue we, 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 we pushed <laughs> jeff out scene. jeff is sitting here quiet i'm sorry oh no i i'm just enjoying the uh, cavalcade of uh, quiet going on by all of you guys that um allow me and brian to say what we want to which which Quite honestly, isn't much. I mean, Steve, I'm a little. I, I mean, I I hear what you're saying. I I don't understand it, but um, I mean, if 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 that's the case, then we can enjoy any any movie out there for its absurdity. Because otherwise, if we didn't, then we couldn't enjoy it. I I'm 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 still processing that one. Um, because I don't know. I I don't accept <laughs> that to make a good movie, we have to have all this shit. Otherwise, it's not good. I mean, I I may actually use that in the future many times against you, my friend. 
um, for why you should enjoy a movie because just because they, they, and, and to Ken's point, there's a lot in this movie and, and it's, there's a lot for us to swallow. And I, I still can't get past the whack-a-mole scene where every cop, every single one, for some reason jumps out from, from behind his tinfoil barrel, um, to, to, you know, I, 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 I'm fine with them coming down the moving escalator, you know, towards the ambush. I, I, I look, I, I get that. But, but after that, it's, you know, it's again, it's, Hey Mo, look at me. Um, and now I'm dead. Um, but look, I know John McClane has to come in, but to your point, it's like the walking dead. Well, I mean, are we going to just accept all the bad things in here so the show can continue on? Clearly, no, because we didn't in our in, you know, in the podcast that will be released sometime in the next six months. Um, we'll finally hear that, but I, I don't. I don't think that that's a justifiable reason to like this movie because I don't think it's <laughs> it's done terribly well. I don't think it's done well. Uh, I understand we we're going through it. And John McClane has to save the day, and you know, and we've got to have, uh, you know, the, you know, you know we got to have the big because at this time, this is when things were blowing up because we could blow things up in a very dramatic way, and and we had to find a way to do that. Was it cool? I will say the plane blowing up was kind of cool. Um, probably absolutely ridiculous, but. You know, it's okay, fine. That's how we're going to round out the movie. To, to Brian's point, yeah, you know, people are, you know, planes are finally going to go, you know what, screw this. We're going to go over here and land our plane because we're running out of fuel. They're, I mean, they we're just going to go over here. We're going to ask for clearance to come over here. Yeah, um, Baltimore, National. Richmond. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's. There's airports all over the place. It's, it's silly. I mean, it's, 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 I mean, it, look. I'm going to, again, I'll put this out this is the second time. Hollywood, just uh, look, we'll, we'll, we'll join the Screen Actors Guild, Writers Association of America for, you know, <clears throat> loving dogs, whatever we need to join, and put us away for a long weekend um, in Bora Bora, and we will come out with a cohesive story that, you know, is, is devoid of plot holes. Okay. Well, hey, the, hey, hey, Jeff? Yes. You, you did like the first Die Hard, right? Well, absolutely, because it's one of the greatest Christmas movies ever. Okay, so you like not, music. There's there no single, there's no plot holes in it. Not one. Oh, no. Oh, oh. <sighs> Did All you, right, here you we just, go. You, <laughs> you know, just so you know, ladies and gentlemen, we're on video right now. Jeff muted his mic because he's like convulsing right now in laughter after he said, no, there's no plot holes in that movie. <laughs> Maybe. Well, Maybe. the plot holes are different. The plot holes in Die Hard were not of a nature that it just took me out. And remove me from the movie. Okay. For for the record, Jeff is throwing out a fish hook that he's reeling in, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a I've got a big one on the line right now. <laughs> got a big one. Yeah, you better get a bigger fucking net, dude. Um, <laughs> you're gonna need a bigger boat. Yeah. Well, and I'm just gonna say yes. I will. I will submit that the. The effort that went into, you know, setting up the entire, like, alternate air, air, air traffic control center was a bit much. That said. 
you wouldn't have had Fred Thompson otherwise. So that's why we're going to like it, right? Yeah, you know what, Jeff? You know what? I'm actually going to concede your point. This is actually this movie is full of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shut up, man! <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Who? Look, had, I mean, who, you know, this this they they did include you know some pretty good actors to help to help facilitate this movie along. I mean, um, and, and, and they did put in fun action. I mean, you don't, it's not Arnold Schwarzenegger type of action actors, but you know, guys that you know are believable in their roles and you could believe because these are, are they the cardboard cutouts for their stereotype? Absolutely. But, but that's why those people are, um, are hired because you know what you're going to get with them. Right. I mean, with William Forsythe, um, you're, you're going to, you, you, you don't have to do much backstory, you know, or William Sadler, I'm sorry, not William Forsythe, uh, William Sadler, you know what he's about, right? Same thing with Fred Thompson. I mean, some of these guys, they just exude this kind of personality on the screen. Yep. You know who this character is and you don't need to go into, you know, some sort of, you know, prequel long story about who they are and why they're there. I mean, you just, you know who these characters are. No, if you uh, were back in the, that period, the eighties and nineties, if you wanted somebody to play the authority figure, you hired Fred Thompson. If you wanted an angry cop, you hired Dennis Franz. Right. I mean, they oh, fit. Oh, oh, by the way, <laughs> why was every cop in Washington, DC, a New York cop? They were like right. all New York cops. Yeah. Other than the fact that they drank cappuccino. I'll never forget that. We'll have some cappuccino. I'm like, what? Cap- you guys need to drink black coffee. Your New York freaking cops have a little pride. But they aren't. They're Washington, D.C. cops, so they act like New York cops and apparently drink cappuccino. Sam. Just saying. All right, Jeff. Keep going. I, I, I mean, I, I, I mean, Steve has totally thrown me off here once he said he agreed with me. It's a shit movie. <laughs> uh, I, I don't even know where to go right now. I mean, I feel like I feel like I just can drop the mic and walk away. But um, that, that was actually Jeff. That was your drop the mic moment. It was. It was. I, I'm and I got shit to do. I got a sock drawer. No. Um. But um. You know, it, it. This was. In a sense, this movie is sort of like a time capsule of of what action movies were becoming. I mean, they had certain things that had to take place or events. You know, this was you know prime prime time for the um one liner from a movie that would be used to quote for the next year um and and, and of course you know of course the hero is going to save the day but again this goes back to one of the last podcasts that I've taped in the last 35 40 days that we have yet to air the 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 thing i hate about this movie and i don't hate it it's just the 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 main pr- when in history have we seen any news report of something of this magnitude remotely happening outside of the L.A. gunfight where the two guys went in and robbed the bank and came out like fully ready to take on the entire L.A. police department? I mean, aside from that event, I mean, somebody will tell you about like the mass shootings that have occurred, but most of those are just some guy blazing away and then he blows his brains out. Right. Um, right. I, I yeah, know this you, bugs you. I mean, it bugs you because it is true. It doesn't really happen. But can but, I? Can, 
I can but, I can overlook that because this is I mean again the, the John Wick thing is not going to happen. But I, I enjoy those movies. I and there is some something about this movie that I do enjoy. And I'll tell you what it is: Bruce Willis. I really enjoy Bruce Willis as the action guy because he does appear to sort of be almost that everyman, right? It's like yeah, he's a cop. There is something, you know, he has a certain skill set. But I really enjoy Bruce Willis in these roles. Uh, and they put him opposite of, you know, I don't know, bad guys that you actually, you, you enjoy not liking on the screen and you, you are looking forward to them meeting their timely death and you, you wonder how they, you know, the, the good guy's going to outsmart them. And, but again, along the way, the execution of, well, we have to go through these moments of stupidity to get to where we want to at the end. Just, it, it it's not. It's not good. Now, when I watched this, did I happily watch it? Absolutely. Because like Brian, I'm like, I, I, I in, on some level enjoy this movie. But there's times where it's like, uh, I, you know, I can go up and go walk and go make a sandwich because I know that, you know, that scene there is just completely wasted. So, you know, I'll come back after making a sandwich or, you know, feeding the dog or whatever. And, and you know, and we're back to, you know, at least something that's palatable. Well, I, I think first off, either Ken or or, or – or Jeff said that this is a prototype 19 late 1980s, early nineties movie. And by the way, just for the record guys, if we hadn't have had those movies, we'd never have had the expendables. Just saying <laughs> <laughs> we'd never had the expendables. The expendables is an homage to that. Yeah. You got an excellent we, point. We wouldn't have, because the, look, those guys doing the expendables, they know, that hey, we're doing the same damn movie we did back in '85. They know that, and, 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 and we know that. It's all cool. But to, to Jeff's point, you like how you like Willis. I, I think one of the cool things about Willis is versus Schwarzenegger, and and I gotta, I don't know if if it's time or just because Schwarzenegger's kind of become a dick in my mind. It just I shouldn't say that, but if it's time or what. But I just thought Willis. Remember Willis and Moonlighting? He was a he was a funny guy, he was a smart ass. Willis can deliver a comedic action line as well, I think, as anybody has ever done it. I mean, I think Willis is brilliant. I mean, Willis can take a really crazy situation or tough situation and deliver this, you know, typical Bruce Willis smart ass line, and everybody laughs. And I don't know if anybody does it any better. I really don't. I'm not sure anybody does. But well, he's been holding uh, up, and he still delivers. I mean, yeah, he, he, he's his recent work is kind of uneven, but he takes a lot of scripts and he does a lot of shows. Well, one of my issues with The Rock was it was just so damn serious. Yeah, all these great actors, and they're like, "This is really serious," and you know, and all this stupid ass shits going on around him. It's like, well, we're serious. We're we're hardcore military men. You didn't have the smart. Well, I mean, you, oh, you had what's his name. Uh, Coppola, you know, Nick Cage, uh, who, who's, you know, is, uh, uh, actually, if there was ever a freaking zombie in a movie, it's not a zombie. It's Nick Cage. Obviously, that guy's the biggest stiff ever. I, I'll never understand it. I'll never freaking understand why he's ever had a job anywhere, anytime, anyplace, period. Um, but but obviously you had Connery. But Connery is Connery is just kind of a smarmy, funny guy when he wants to be. But Will, Willis delivers comedy he did it i mean i love i love moonlighting because 
again, it's a show I would never have watched, but I watched that show. I'm like, who is that guy? Because he was always hilarious. He was a, he was a funnier version of Jim Rockford to a certain extent, except Rockford was always put upon, um, which is why I love Rockford. But but I, I again, I think that the fact, Jeff, to your point, Willis can make this kind of a movie work because he's always going to have you kind of chuckling between scenes, you know? Brian, I, I understand what you're saying, and I think that Willis has this um, – well, and I think part of it is is that when you look back, and if I remember from our Die Hard episode, I mean, you know, he was like number like, you know, 342 on the list of the people they wanted to play that role. And I think he kind of got thrust into that action hero role. Mm-hmm. Not that, you know, he was the type of guy that would fit it, but he ended up being in that role. But then again, you looked at some of the other stuff that he did. I mean, it's like, and then he started doing stuff like the sixth sense that is like totally out of character for him. Um, so I don't I've never, know. I've never seen it, but I understand it's really a kind of a classic. It, I, it's well. I, do you know how it ends? Yeah, because you know you can only you can only have people to tell you not tell you what happens. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it's kind of sad because you it it's one of those movies where you watch it. Oh shit! Somebody told you it's like you know what you you need to go away because that's it's it's actually a very good movie to watch if you really don't know how it ends. But that being said, you know. I, I mean, I like Bruce Willis. I think he's I think he's a good actor. I like I like his persona. He does bring um, you know, like what we you know about you know, he brings a certain amount of gravitas to the movie. I'm a fan. Right. I'm a fan. Yeah. Do you do you think it's the same kind of gravitas? I mean, would you put him in the same category as like a like a Bogart? No, I don't mean that kind of gravitas. I'm talking about I mean what w- I, I guess it's more of those, and and part of it is to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, I've seen him now in in movies that are a, a lot of what I would refer to as direct DVD type movies, where I'll watch him just because he's in it, and I'm watching this going, man, this is some, this is kind of shit. Some Michael Caine school of making movies. Yeah, and it, it, house. yeah, and it's kind of like is I mean, is he still paying on Demi Moore's kids or something because I'm why is he doing this stuff now? And and again, it's not knocking him. I mean, he's still he's still great doing a great performance and it's like but the problem is is that he's outperforming everybody else. And um and when I think of Gravitas, I just think in terms of when you look at the movies he's been in. I mean, the guy you know, in the 80s and a good chunk of the 90s, the guy was an A-list actor. And I don't know. I mean, I just, I mean, the guy's up there. I mean, what, he was born in 55, so he's... 64. Yeah, so I mean... And well, who's, a, who, who's uh, I mean, to a certain extent, who's A-list now? I mean... Well... Uh, I, mean, I don't... It kind of moves around a little bit. I guess it depends on when I think of a list. I think part of it, I guess, it depends on what kind of movie you're talking about. I mean, if you're talking about an action movie, I guess it would be like I don't know, shit, Ryan Reynolds because of Deadpool. I I, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's kind of funny. I, you know, I, I run a show called the Band K Movie Review, but when it comes to you know who's the the top actors out there, I'm like fuck, I don't know. 
I mean, because most of the stuff we're doing is older stuff, which is basically what the show's about. So in terms of me saying, you know, who's A-list, but I mean, I could tell you who was A-list back in the 80s or even the 70s or or the mid-90s. But, you know, today, fuck, I have no idea. Because Uh, to be perfectly honest with you, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm honestly, Jeff, I'm really not watching the kind of stuff that's coming out now. I mean, once in a, I don't even know what, uh, well, shit, what, what was even, I mean. Well, well, well other, other than John Wick, how many real action movies are there out there, you know, these days? I mean, I mean, freaking, you know, Deadpool's a superhero movie. Oh, God, I, I just say superhero movie. You said superhero uh, movie, but I love it. Well, I love it. you know, Brian, to your point, I mean, there I mean, our our action movies have been taken over because they are geared towards that. I don't know what would you say. Strangely, they've been able to bridge that 12 to 49 year old genre in a way that's that, that is pleasing for both groups. Um, and, and aside from John Wick and to a point, Mich- uh, you know, Tom Cruise in the Mission Impossible series, um, you know, you've, what you have is a bunch of you have a bunch of aging, older men. I mean, you know, you've got I know it's been a couple of years, but Liam Neeson, you know, is, yep. you know, doing taken 37 and a half. <laughs> uh, you know, you had um, Jason just, Statham, who just, maybe. Jason Statham still doing stuff. Who just came out with the Death Wish series? Oh, die, uh, that was Bruce Willis. Bruce that Willis. Was Bruce Willis. Uh, yeah, he did Die Hard, which is actually, to be honest with you, I I I rented it, and I I'm like, you know what? I know I'm pissing away six bucks. It's going to be horrible. I was very very impressed with it. I I as much as I fucking hate remakes. I was impressed. Have we ever done a Death Wish movie? No, no. we we have not. Actually, we shocking. should do something, Bronson. Well, something. Yeah. I mean, shit. I mean, let's be honest. Action movies today are like, I don't know, Daisy Ridley. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm yeah. not making this shit up. No, no. Actually, wow. he's right. I mean, there's. We just open that. <laughs> I just. I we'll close it. We. The door just shut, Jeff. All right, but oh my god! But there is some movie coming out right now. I'm like, you know, it's an action movie, and I'm like, I don't even know who this chick is. But I'm supposed to see it because it looks like an action movie. I'll tell you, I don't uh, even want to know um, what the hell's going wait, on in the background. What, is over every there. what in the hell, or is that some sort of weird sex tape going on in the background? Oh, that's somebody laughing at the TV. Is that in our house? That's well, a, gonna, she, she probably saw somebody got get shot. I'm going to put in a yet. plug since we're talking about other movies and Bruce Willis is sometime after we do a Charles Bronson movie, which would probably be Once Upon a Time in the West. Uh, we should do oh, Red. You volunteered it. <laughs> we should do Red. Red is actually a fun movie. It's Bruce Willis and an ensemble cast of older spies. Yeah, Red's a good movie. I like that. I it forgot about that. It is good. Funny, too. Because, like we said, Willis can bring humor. They all did. I mean, yeah. Malkovich is—he's one of those crazy-looking, you know, crazy dudes. You know, who you always just have to watch because you don't know what he's going to do. He's kind of like uh, what's his name that you know need more, need more. Uh, oh shit! Uh, oh god, dang it! Christopher Walken. He's Christopher yeah. Walken crazy. Right. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, we're going about an hour into the show, and I do want to talk a little bit about the actors. I know we've talked about, obviously, Bruce Willis to death, 
uh, a little bit of John Amos, William Sam. But we did mention the one, obviously, prime female role in this movie, and it was Bonnie Bedelia. And I'm just going to tell you right off the bat, I remember her, you know, back in the day, there is something that's like just crazy sexy about her, and I don't know what it is. And Amen, I, brother. And I, Amen. Okay, because and it, what makes me feel bad is when I look her up on IMDb and see when she was born, I'm like, oh, God. But <laughs> it's like, damn, she's she is, there is something freaking hot about her. I don't know what it is. Is it that voice that she has redhead? Isn't she a redhead? She's got swagger. You know what? She seems like that approachable waitress, right? I don't know, Jeff. We'll just let you go with that. Keep going. Well, I, I, I could go on. I, I, I I don't want to, you know, go through a, you know, you know, a history of Jeff, you know, and the waitress scene. Um, Well, you can just open your door about how waitresses apparently are easy. Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) And I say easy. I'm just saying. She's just approachable. I didn't look. I didn't say they. You know they. they Keep they, going. They lifted up the uh, the, uh, the 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 tablecloth and got down on their knees. I'm just saying they were approachable. You know, down to earth people, right? You know about those people, Brian. You know the back of you know. So that, far, you just keep digging this hole. You keep going <laughs> digging, bro. <laughs> Honestly, I thought the lines she had to read were not particularly great. I, maybe it's just me. I, I kind of cringed a few times. I'm like, could it have been a little smarter or a little different? And it came off, it really, it came off to me like an Ivanova line in B5 sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it just did. It's not her fault, but it just, but it, you know, when you're reading a shitty, awkward line, it's just going to be shitty and awkward. Right. To me. I agree. But I mean, I loved her in the first movie. I mean, I thought she was fantastic. There was something about that woman that, um, and she was, I don't think she was really ever an A-list actor. I mean, she was just kind of like, a, oh, you know, she's very good. We'll fill her in this role. But, um, God, I mean, there, God, there was just something about her that was just, I don't know. She's, well, she, she, was an, she was a never A-list, but she was always respected. Yes. Uh, I think for, she had a, she'd established herself as a, as a very competent actress way back. Uh, again, I look at her filmography. Her first movie was in '69, and uh, you know she's had a number of roles over the years that you know were very critically, re- I mean, very well received by the critics. Uh, and this is, I would say, Die Hard Two is like right in the middle of her career, in the middle of her filmography. I mean, she's she- still, I mean, she's still working. She put up both uh, movies and TV last year. I mean, she played Shirley Cha Cha Bill Downey in Heart Like a Wheel. Man, come on. You know, yes, I saw that at the drive-in. Come on, loving that. Shirley Cha Cha Bill Downey was the first dragster champion female. Just for the sure, yeah, for sure you children that, yeah. here. No, no, I, I knew that. I'm with you. Wow. All right. Well, you, well, you know what? We're just going to stop right there because God knows what Brian, what else Brian is going to pull out of his um, uh, treasure trove of. Uh, well, I, I'd like to just throw in one little bit of trivia, sure. actor-based trivia there. Sure. Which is, we talked about Fred Thompson, but just a little bit more background on Fred Thompson for guys that don't know this about him, you know, that just know him from TV. Uh, he was uh, one of the attorneys on the Watergate committee back in the 70s, very successful lawyer, 
like Steve alluded to, he sort of got sidelined into movies and they liked them. And so he had all these Hollywood roles. I think he went back home and ran for Senate. He was in the Senate for, I think, two terms and he retired. I mean, I re always respected the fact the guy went in, served a couple terms and retired. Ran no, for, I, he was in the primaries to run for president uh, even. So, by the way, talk about gravitas. He, he, he had gravitas. Uh, very smart guy, evidently. But, uh, he was for a while the go-to guy when you wanted an authority figure in a movie. Yeah, I think we've had him in a couple of other movies. I know he was in uh, Fly of the Intruder. Is it Hunt for Red October? Hunt for yep. Red October, yeah. Russians don't have a plan without, or they don't take a uh, dump without having a plan. I must be Russian. <sighs> he must be Russian. Good Lord. No well, you, get, you get ready to take a dump or something? I, I, I always go in with a plan, usually armed with something with to bring with me. You know, um, like War and you know, Peace. I go in. I, I set. You know, I've got some mood light. I always have a plan. Yeah. yeah once again, Jeff, it's a. It's one of those things that that you know maybe you, the, the hole you're digging here is just way no, too nobody, deep. Look, nobody's listening to this podcast. It won't be out until I don't know 2020 or something. There we go. So we're hoping. We're, I'm, I'm personally hoping it's not out to 2080. You know, based on, on some of the comments. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, look. All conjecture on your part, all right? Oh. Yes, Steve. All right, let's move on to uh, one of our favorite parts of the show, and that is, brother, what you drinking? Let's get on to that part, because um, otherwise I'm going to have to go to Jeff's house and uh, get out my lime shovel. Got some Irish whiskey to help you out. You're drinking Irish whiskey? Jeez. Yeah. Scraping the bottom of the barrel, ain't you? Yep, I I I sure am, and I and let me tell you, why don't you um, just kick I, it off then? Oh, thanks, Steve. Yeah, so I'm drinking some Irish whiskey. So, um, <laughs> uh, someone near and dear to me had a very um uh, uh monumental birthday last weekend, and there was a little soiree that was thrown for her, and um and and um and 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 fortunate for me, I didn't have to throw the soiree. I just had to attend. And and attend I did, and and my uh, my uh, my my dear sweet wife wanted us to uh, bring the alcohol, and I had a plan, much like the Russians do. I had a plan for for what to bring and and supply that night, and and like in pretty much every single aspect of my life, I was um, vetoed by uh, by a higher power, um, and so the the prevailing thought was we'll just go to Costco. And buy a thing of pre-made margarita mix, um, a, a, a giant um, cheap bottle of red wine, a bottle of Tito's vodka, and a, a bottle of the um, of the uh, of, uh, a store brand uh, Irish whiskey, and. Um, and so well, after we went to the party, um, I came home with uh, most of what we bought, realizing that I have a lot of alcohol to drink. And um, and so so my journey into Irish whiskey and the uh, apparently 1.75 milliliters that I'm going to have to consume at some point this next year. So it begins. Yeah, all I want to know, Jeff, is like. Where did you get that freaking Fu Manchu and the wig and the uh, thing? Because I, I, I just I, I'd like to wear it for a weekend because I think it would really help me out. Just saying. 
<laughs> well, uh, I'll, I'll tell you, the Fu Manchu, I shaved in, from my own, okay? Oh, well, I can't help that. <laughs> no, you can't. Um, no, I, I fashioned my, my, my basic uh, 1990s goatee um, into that uh, into that Fu Manchu. And then I uh, proceeded to uh, color it a little bit. with uh, first time I ever used beard beard coloring uh, um, beard color. I don't even know what it's called. Yeah, whatever. Uh, so first, yeah, whatever it is. So I, I did that, and then the wig came. Uh, you know, it came as part of a, an ensemble kit, uh, including sunglasses, headband, um, ar- arm tattoos, and, uh, and I felt there was something else in there. But um, but yeah, so uh, you know, and yeah. uh, and it was my debut singing, my my debut uh, um, karaoke event of the night uh, of my life. A lot of first of this last. So week. so uh, got, got to ask, what 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 would you sing, bro? I, I sang uh, uh, "Welcome to the Jungle." No, 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 "Sweet Child of Mine." Sorry, "Sweet Child okay. of Mine" by Guns N' Roses because that's what I went as with. Well, you look, you, you you had the good, you had the actual thing going. You did. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I didn't know who, I didn't know who the hell you were. Yeah, that's 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 what I was channeling there. So um, so anyway, um, so yeah, so um, you know, of uh, the one point seven five milliliters, um, you know, there's there's probably one point five left. So. Yeah, I'm going for the beatloaf look when I do this. So that's that's a good one. That's a good one. Awesome. Now that we're done with catching up with Jeff, um, <laughs> new segment. Wow, uh, Reverend, what do you got? Oh, I'm just uh, slugging down a little vodka and diet Pepsi straight. I like how we looked around to see where Sheila was before he said uh, that. Yeah, I did. I'm whispering because you know. <laughs> You know how the shit goes down here. I, we, you know, yeah, we've heard. <laughs> oh, yeah. do we, Brian? No. Just saying, okay, that's about all I can say. Has no wrath, like mm. a yeah, oh. like that. Yeah. Hey, right. hey, say no more. Well, I am. I'm just gonna let you guys know. I went to um, I uh, went to the tap room, the Grand Junction tap room that I haven't frequented in a while. I am knocking back one of my favorite uh, beers from them and is a brown ale called the Squirrel Stampede. That's stop what? laughing. Yeah. It's not the squirrel eat too many green apples, is it? Yeah. Telling I'm you, sure man. It's good. The squirrel stampede is great. All right, well, sorry guys, we don't have the normal intro for catching up with Ken, so Ken, what do you got for us? Well, I've, I've got a lot of stuff uh, since the last podcast, if my calendar is correct. I've been to Chalizo. It's a new Mexican restaurant bar in Broad Ripple. Uh, very good designer tacos and that kind of stuff. Very nice atmosphere, good service. Also went to Loco Mexican Cantina, uh, which is a uh, – Restaurants get a lot of good reviews. It's a, it's not a bar. It's actually it's a Mexican restaurant with a bar. It's down around Twenty uh, Second and Delaware. Uh, good food, really good portions, good price. I liked it. It's getting a lot of good uh, write ups in the paper and magazines. After we went there, uh, went to Dukes. Uh, listened to country music down at Dukes, the local honky tonkish dive down by the river. Uh, last weekend, uh, a friend of mine threw a Russian dinner party. She is from Russia, and she's cooked up all kinds of Russian food, which is good. I mean, people might make might not have uh, familiarization with Russian food, but it's uh, pretty good, pretty healthy, uh, a lot of vegetables and all. 
I also went last weekend to Nesso, the new Italian coastal restaurant down at the Alexander Hotel. It's upscale, uh, yeah, Italian coastal. So it's got, it's, there's pasta, there's seafood, there's, you know, Italian type meats. I wound up having beef spare rib. Uh, I've also, I made a, uh, a pilgrimage of sorts, uh, down into the hills of southern Indiana. I, I knew that when I was on this quest that I might actually come to the home place, the, the birthplace, the origin of Brian. <laughs> and uh, anyways, while I was on this quest to find that elusive home place of Brian we've heard about. Uh, I was driving down the twisty, turny roads uh, through the hills, and lo and behold, I came around a bend, and up above, dominating the landscape on top of a hill, was this castle, mighty castle dominating the territory. Uh, yep. But I knew that couldn't be where Brian came from, so I drove on. Cultus. Uh, and then I drove through the uh, town of Metamora and passed a hovel on the side of the road. And yep. uh, my place. That was that's where Brian's from. Yeah, so I, I now know where Brian is from. I've driven right past it. Trucks across the street were our semi trucks. Yeah, were there's somebody else's now. Yeah, and I when I I had a meeting with some of our people down there and we afterwards a couple of us went to the local restaurant i said why well, i know you know my friend brian comes from this area of the woods and uh so does uh his wife and they said oh what's her name and i said well brian and sheila and oh we never heard of them no never heard nope. of them. they probably haven't so anyways uh i have been down to metamora and i have seen brian's home deck and tonight, I left work a little early and uh, stopped at the Brass Ring. Well, first, I stopped at Geraldine's uh, Dinner Club, a new restaurant, high-end, swanky, steak and seafood-type place. It bills itself as being a throwback to the 40s, 50s, 60s, Rat Pack Steakhouse era. Hmm. Really neat-looking place. Uh so I, I plan to go back and try that for dinner sometime, but they're having a corporate event. They chased us out. So we went to the Brass Ring. Which is which, not, not a strip club. It's not a strip club, go. no. I, I had a few drinks. I uh, caught up with the you know, gracious hostess, Tammy, and then left there, went down the street to the Inferno Room. We were having a Pearl Harbor Memorial drink gathering to raise a glass to the people who died at Pearl Harbor in a Polynesian atmosphere, and I had spam sliders and some drinks. And uh, I will say everybody else's drink had lots of fruit and flowers and umbrellas and all that kind of stuff on it. But now that I'm home, I'm having, I'll give you two words, vanilla vodka. And Diet Coke. Well, that's... Four, that's five words. Oh, okay. so I just want to do two okay. words. Oh, you're that's... you're just going straight vanilla vodka. Ooh. No, I'm going. It's diet coke. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> nice. That that's it. That's what I'm up to. Awesome. All right. Some nice well, restaurants and bars out there. Awesome. All right. Well, there you go. That is, uh, what, brother. What you drinking and catching up with Ken? 
Uh, guys, I'm just going to tell you right now, uh, we're having issues with clips. Clips were working until Jeff clips. got. Yeah, clips were working fine until Jeff got in. Now all of a sudden, clips aren't working. So what I'm going to do? My reach on this podcast is quite impressive. It is. Yeah. So we're. This is what we're going to do. I am going to at the end of the show after you listen to the closing music, which I composed myself. Just so you know, I'm just. <laughs> making that shit up as I go. Listen to the end of all the music, and I'm going to put all the great clips of this great and fantastic film on the back end. Oh, that's right. Yes. So that's what we're going to do, because we have to have clips, because there are some good clips in this movie. So that's actually the, uh, that, that may be the going rate here, because obviously when Jeff comes on the show, he voodoos everything and screws everything up, so. Anyway, because well, it's it, gravitas, it, though. Gravitas. It, it's possible some evil mastermind has hacked into your control system it's, and is diverting yeah. these pod these podcasts yeah. somewhere else. I I'm I, I am certain it is, and I'm certain he's about world average bald head with a little goatee. That's the evil mastermind. And he says nothing, which means silence I'm, is a sense. <laughs> so, <laughs> silence, is, silence is accepted, sir. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right. So we're going to move. So you know what? So like I said, folks, uh, listen to the end of the show after the great closing music that we put on this great and fantastic podcast. You will hear all of the great clips of this movie. So, uh, after clips, it is time for the top 10 movies of, when the hell was this made? 90? 90. 1990. 1990. Oh my gosh. I was, I was just graduating college. I was a wee lad back then. Well, I can I tell was... you that 1990 was a good year for man cave movies. Oh. Because I'm not saying these were in the top 10 by hmm. any stretch. But among the many movies that were came out in 1990s were Tremors. Oh god! Oh my god! I love it. Great freaking movie. Oh, here. Fun we go. review too. A fun review. No plot holes in that. No, none whatsoever. No. Oh. The Hunt for Red October. Oh, did that? Another good movie. Uh, Total Recall. Oh. God, a banner year. Not so great a movie, but oh, okay. oh. oh, that's it. That's it. Where's my shovel? I read. I read the. I read the original story. I'm sorry. All right. Just plus, walk it out on Mars, and all of your eyes bug out. Okay. Your eyes that. bug out six inches. Sorry. All right. Yeah. Stop. All right. That's it. Ken, keep going. Goodfellas. Oh, we've done all of these. I know that. That's what I'm saying. It was a good year for man cave movies. Yeah. Memphis Bell came out in 1990. I liked I, it, but Slover has very different opinions on that movie. Yeah, did, did we review Memphis Bell? We have I not. I thinking we did. No, no. We, we haven't for good reason. I agree. I, I agree. I like with it. Yeah. David Strayhorn, Harry Connick. Yeah. Okay, and then finally, another movie that came out in 1990, which we reviewed fairly recently, was Quigley Down Under. Yeah. Oh, wow, I forgot about that. That's fairly so, recent. Yeah. yeah. Those are all Man Cave movies, but when it comes to the top ten movies... All right. Uh, speaking of Arnold Schwarzenegger, this is 1990. This is like still Arnold Schwarzenegger in his action movie peak. And one of his bigger action roles, uh, you remember, was Kindergarten Cop. It's not a tumor. 
at number nine, we had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, gosh. Keeps getting better and better. Yeah, I know. That was a pretty bad movie. Never saw it. Uh, we had Presumed Innocent. Uh, it's a sort of Harrison Ford, Bonnie Bedelia. Wow. Uh, legal drama. Very good movie. Very good movie, actually. I remember it is, that. It is, yeah, it is good. Yeah. It, you, you never see it anymore. I mean, it came out back then and played, then you never see it anymore. It's another one of those you never see it coming. Yeah, but it's Bonnie Bedelia. Yep. And, you know, same same period. Yep. At number seven is this movie, Die Hard. Die Hard 2 was one of the, the seventh top movie of that year. So we may be giving it some panning reviews, but uh, the audience sure liked it. At number six, I'll say to this day that this isn't a separate movie. This is just the third part of a single movie, and it's Back to the Future 3. Yeah. Wrapped up the Back to the Future series. I like is that the, the one with the trade in it? He goes to the Old West, and there's a yeah. train. And, you know, it's it, kind of disappointing. It, it was not as good as the first two, but I like the Back to the Future movies. And number five, oops, I messed up. Number five was Total Recall. So Arnold was, he had his game going. He had two of the top ten movies in 1990. At number four, I remember going to see this at the movies with my sister. And I was not really impressed. It obviously did really well, but I wasn't the target demographic or something. And that would be Dances with Wolves, or as I could also call it, Pre-Avatar. <laughs> yeah, saw it once. Long movie. Yeah, it was. It was actually, they, it was one of the movies back in the theater. I think they actually had the intermission like they did in the old days. Oh, God. I like the I like the sailing movie you did or the Fishman movie you did. Waterworld. Yeah. Yeah. Oh Jesus Christ! Are you serious? It's a better movie than Dances with Wolves. Well, it has Dennis Hopper in it as the evil <laughs> ship captain. He's the only thing worth watching in that movie. He chews scenery. <laughs> At number three, a movie that was obviously very popular, and it actually does still get play here and there. I see it popping up on TV off and on. Pretty Woman. Oh, never seen it. Swear to God. I refuse to watch that movie. I'm just never a big Richard Gere guy. I don't know. Maybe that's part of it. It's not a great movie. I didn't know who the hell she was then. No, no. She was, she had like two roles before then. And that was her breakthrough role. At number two. Speaking of Goodfellas, Hmm. uh, one of the stars of Goodfellas was in this movie. Uh Uh-oh. Home Alone. Oh, God. The original? The original Home Alone with John, by I John saw Hughes. It. Matt Macaulay Culkin. It. Yeah. I, I, I saw it. Everybody saw it back then. It was number two movie. And a number one, that movie that, you know, we could do, but we never will. A uh, very touching movie. Uh, if you like touching wet clay. Uh, oh, no. Ghost. No! God. I saw it. Oh, Who you know, dragged you to go see it. Well, I mean, I'm, dude, I'm a, I was a married, I was married three years by that time. Oh, okay. Oh, Which wow. that's about when I started facing that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> Since then, we don't see anything, hardly. 
You know, it says a lot when Ken is reading all these uh, great man cave movies from the 90s, and there's like one that was the top 10. Well, yeah. that year. Yeah. So, well, it just goes to show, you know, we have a we have a niche. Well, actually, here. this year, two, I mean, obviously, Die Hard 2. Die Hard 2 and uh, Total and, Recall. And Total Recall. That's yeah. two. Okay, one, two. 20% of the top 10 movies in yeah. 1990 were man cave movies. Wow. Okay. Well, that's there pretty you go. good. Uh, that's no, that we, we need to be, we, we need to be actually pulling at least a third. If not. Half. Well, can I, can I, we need to like put in the clip of, uh, Bill Murray's inspirational speech and <laughs> <in> stripes. <laughs> yeah. We're weird. We're mutants. Yeah. <laughs> that whole thing. No, we, we shouldn't have that. I would be worried if 50% of the oh. uh, top 10 movies were man cave. That movies. would be a shame. That would be a terrible shame. We are, we are not the target demographic of Hollywood. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I am going to, obviously, since obviously my clips aren't working, I'm just going to have to read off the, uh, the checklist. So there you go, folks. That is the top 10 of 1990. And like I said... Uh, Jeff has obviously ruined my ability to do clips for the show, so we're going to go with. Uh, well, uh, Jeff's making stock trades right now, apparently. So, uh, well, I'm sure he is. Either that, or he's pinching a loaf like he usually does. So, uh, let's see. Uh, number one, did anyone go through a window in this movie? Oh gosh, has to be. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean there were. I mean, shit tons of windows were being blown out. Um, oh, actually, you know what? He was. Remember. Uh, they were, they were, he was, uh, like repelling out of the window with the, uh, the sheets and, or the, t- yes. yeah. So, yeah. So someone, I wouldn't say jumped out, but I'm going to give it to it. He went out, he yeah. went out the window. All right. So was there a Liv Tyler role in the movie? Mm, no. Well, maybe that female broadcaster that was just annoying and popped up here and there. I, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of ashamed to say there's something about her that when she said I would have your baby, I'm like, you know what? I might take you up on that. Um, oh, she looks, she looks like that blonde that you and I both love. Uh, I can't think of her name. I'll, I'll say it here later. Uh, I know, I know who you're talking about, and she yeah. looks like her because I thought it might have been her. Yeah, she's got I, a throaty voice. Yep. Oh yeah. I'll board it out later when I figure what, out who what, it is. What a well. Anyways, keep going. Okay. So, um, so we'll okay. talk about your sexual fantasies later on. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I, I will interject them for damn sure. Yeah. Well, you can count on that. Uh, was there a Wilhelm scream in the movie? I did not hear one. I didn't hear one either. There should be one, though. All right. Could the female role be better played by Tawny Katane, which is Bonnie Bedelia's role? And I don't know. Bonnie Bedelia is pretty, pretty smoking hot back then. So I'm actually I think she's actually hotter than Tawny Katane. There's some about saying, but well, Tawny Katane in 1990 was like pretty much near her peak. Uh, Steve, you good. never you never said how old she was. When was she born? Who you were talking about it? Bonnie Bedelia, nineteen forty-eight. Eight. Yeah. Oh, like I said, she's like seven years younger than my mother, which makes me go. Ugh. But yeah, I mean that's no. But no, Tawny Katane could not pull off this. I mean, she just doesn't have the look 
that this right. character needs. Right. I agree. Bonnie Bedelia is extremely attractive in her own way, but oh, yeah. you know, Tawny Katane is just hot. That's her thing. Yeah. There's a difference between beauty and hot. Exactly. Let's see. Was there an AT montage in this movie? Well, no. I, ev- everything was winged. If montage counts, I mean, there, no there one no planned montage. or really it's did not anything. A montage type movie. It's not a montage type movie. No. All right, let's oh, see. St- Steve, to, to back up, I know who the hottie actress was you're thinking of. Okay, who is it? Patricia Clarkson. Yes, yes. You and I both have a yep. thing for her. Yep. And she reminded me, in fact, I checked, I go, was that a young Patricia Clarkson? Yeah. It wasn't, yep. but that's who it was. You're right. Yeah, she's, there. there's something. I don't know what it is, but I got it too. I got it. I got it bad. Yeah, she's in... Uh, uh, Need more cowbell. Got cowbell bad. Well, and she was in... Um, oh, gosh. Um, House of Cards. She was. She has been in House of Cards for a couple of seasons. Actually, quite a few seasons. Yeah, and, never watched that. Yeah. Yeah, and she's... I mean, she's up there in age. I mean, Christ, I think she might be older than you, Brian. Fuck you very like, much. But she's hot. I, I think we should get back to... Uh, the checklist, because like, oh, that's if we're right. going to talk about random actresses that you uh, two have the hots for. We'll okay. be here all night. All right. Okay. So, last and certainly not least, uh, is Muncie back? He's still got. He's he's, he's trading stocks again. Apparently. Is he still trading stocks? Okay. You so know, go ahead. Okay. I I was counting on him for this one because you know this is basically about the only time I actually expect him to input to the show. Was there a Babylon Five reference to this movie? No, there was Ooh. no B five reference. Are you sure? Yeah, I, I, I dug around a little bit too. Hundred percent. There should have been, but there really wasn't. No, with the time frame, there should have been. There should. Now, have been. The, the, the distant connection is that Sid the Snitch, <laughs> who was with Dennis Franz. Here we go. And, and you know, Hill Street Blues was Londo, but that's it. Yeah, that's not even gonna count. I'm not even gonna give. That's Jeff doesn't even go that far. So <laughs> you got to give me credit. I reached out. Yeah, that's that's all right. No. All right. Well, there you go, folks. That is that is it with uh, the the uh, the the checklist and all of our um, all of our references to this movie. So that is it with the man cave movie review. And we are now going to move on to oh, shit. I fuck. All right. There you go, folks. <laughs> There you go, folks. That is it with the uh, the Man Cave Movie Review Checklist of this great and fantastic film. We are now moving on to the Man Cave Movie Review of this great and fantastic film. So, you know what, Jeff? Since you had a lot of issues with this movie, why don't you kick it off? Give me uh, your Twitter post of this uh, a review of this great and fantastic Pass. It, you're passing? Seriously? Twitter review, come on. All right, uh, Brian, go ahead. You know, everybody tells everybody to give a Twitter review. I give a Twitter review. Everybody else talks for 25 freaking minutes, but I'm going to give this movie. I like it, all right? I, look, I see, I see all the flaws all you guys do, and I'm a hypocrite for hammering the, ha- the rock. That almost sounds like an interesting phrase. For hammering the rock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I is that what is. they? Is that what the kids are that, called? That's day? what they call it these days. Yeah. But uh, I'm sorry, I just spit. And everybody's going to bitch about it. But uh, 
Anyway, The Rock, to me, though, took itself too seriously. That's part of the issue I have with The Rock. Plus, I was also pissed off that The Rock had, I mean, this had a good cast. The fucking, oh, shit, well, they dropped that bombs <laughs> this movie, so I'm going to say it. What the hell? The, <clears throat> the freaking Rock, they had like eight guys who could have starred in movies when that movie was made. I mean, this guy had this movie had a lot of great actors, but there was really only one guy that's going to be a lead in this movie, and that's that's Willis. And uh, and it didn't take itself that seriously. I mean, all the smart ass lines from Willis and stuff like that. Now that said, I can't overlook some of the problems with the movie. So I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of be like Ken when Ken says, "Hey, I liked it." I'm gonna give it a six. Hey, gave the rocket two, bro. Just, just saying. I'm gonna give it a six. I liked it. it. The problems in the movie were freaking problems, but I liked it, so I'm gonna give it a six. Okay, I'll give it a six and a half. I'm, I'm, I'm pushing it. I liked it though. I mean, I, I sat down today and watched it and had a great time watching this movie. But I recognize it for what it is. So there you go, Ken. Well, I've talked a fair amount about it. I will sort of mirror what uh, Brian just said. It's got a good cast, solid cast, lots of good guys. Uh, has a lot of action. I mean, you can't deny this has action. It's a one scene after the other, rock'em, sock'em sort of movie. Uh, has some humor. Doesn't take itself too awful seriously. Uh, it's unique. I, I can't think about I mean, it. Is, Sort of like The Rock or something, but it's, you know, I, I hadn't seen this exact. It's not like a remake or anything. It's a, it's very derivative of the original, uh, show, but I mean, in terms of setting and plot and everything, it's, 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 it's a own beast. Um, my problem with it though, I've said it at the opening and I'll just repeat it. I said I wouldn't beat it to death, but there are so many plot holes, so many ridiculous things going on that just take me out of it, and I couldn't really enjoy it. I mean, back when I first saw it, I didn't like it because it it didn't respect me. I'll put it that way. It just figured I was stupid. I wouldn't see all these stupid holes, and I'd just go along with the plot. I It just bothered me. Uh, so given all that, I'm going to give it a three. <laughs> Lord. What? <laughs> That's even low for you, Ken. <laughs> you guys that sit there saying Mr. Wishy Washy, middle oh, of the shit. road. I, I This is an outlier, but again, I didn't like it then. And watching it again, it just, you know, I sat down hoping, going like, oh, I, I didn't like it back then, but surely, you know, I'll recognize it for what it is. Not, no, it's, it's, Got a lot of just stupid stuff going on. I mean, it's got action. It's got humor. It's got a good cast. It's competently shot, but you know, good special effects. But I just don't like it. It just so this is it your, annoyed me. It annoyed me. This is your The Rock. Well, Guys, yeah. watch out next week. Steve or next week, Ken may actually have uh, vanilla vodka and regular Coke. He's coming out. I have to go back through the Beecham files to see if Ken has ever given a movie a three. Wow. I don't think he has. 
I've given movies ones and twos before, All right, but they well, were they were they were absolute shit. All right, I'm gonna have to check, Ken. I I've got the Beecham files here, so we will we will verify. Trust. Where's your Where's but, your Christmas spirit, Ken? Come on. I have none. Obviously, obviously, he believes this goes down with the surplus population. So anyway, um, Jeff, honestly, after Ken, I'm afraid to even ask. Can we give Can we give negative numbers on this podcast? Here we go. Oh god. <laughs> No, uh, uh, I mean seriously. Yeah, it's, you're, you're, you can take points away from the next movies. <laughs> Jesus, really, guys? Um, is uh, look, is it? Look, I. It's it's a um, it's it's a big drop from the first one. This it's there's there's but aren't they all? Aliens. No. I aliens, no. Okay. Oh. You're right. Aliens, no. Okay. Uh, John Wick, no. Not at <sighs> all. Actually, I might say it's, you know, you know, near par with with that. There there are there are several sets of movies out there um that you know what? They're they're follow up. Not not terrible, <laughs> not a huge drop off. Hey, Brian, mean, Brian, you got enough going in that box. <laughs> no half measures, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this movie. Um, again, the 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 acting cast does uh, is 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 very enjoyable. All right. I mean, look, you've got your cardboard cutouts of of every of everybody. You got your John McClane. Um, you know, you got your technologically savvy guy that just needs to be able to get to from you know to the location that he needs to get to. You got Fred Thompson running the whole thing as best he can. And, you know, you got your your maniac, you know, behind the scenes pulling all the strings until, you know, John McClane can come along. I mean, look, the, the formula is there. You know, they set it up in Die Hard, which was not original there, too. I mean, this is this is a standard template for, you know, bad guy comes in, single-handedly takes down, uh, you know, well-trained mercenaries or, you know, whatever hired hands. And, and, and from that, you know, you know, the, the shenanigans begin and it's this, you know, creative way of, you know, going through systematically one by one, taking out all the henchmen until you can, you know, get to the top and and, and, and we're done. But again, there's something compelling about Bruce Willis um, and, and, and and this cast. It works well together. The mode with which we get there, they, they try to sell it, but they just don't do a good job of it. And as 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 much as we enjoy the actors and, and some of the scenes it's, it's, it's not enough that I think that, you know, I, I, I think the last time I may have watched this was, I don't, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, because there's never a reason for me to want to go and watch this. I will put in the hunt for red October any day. I will put in die hard any day, alien aliens, you know, a predator here or there. I'll, you know, again, I, I, but Die Hard Two doesn't come up. Um, when I but when I watched it for this podcast, was I was I pained by it? No. But did did all the memories I had of just why this movie was just just bad come back? Absolutely, um, because it's right there in front of my face. And and that again, I'll go back to the scene where you know you got the whack a moles, you know, jumping up and you know and and and, and again, crack shot bad guys. Um, 
you know, and and that's that's the other issue. Uh, another issue I have is we're gonna we're gonna lay out our plan, and you know we're gonna do execute everything in the beginning just right, and then as the movie goes along, you know, even the bad guys start making stupid mistakes, and it's like, okay, what happened to guys that were doing everything textbook style in the beginning? Um, but you know, neither here nor there. Look, is it a three? No. Is it less than a three? I'll save you that, Steve. No, it's not less than a three either. But this this probably would fall into the uh, I would guess a solid a solid six and one fourth, also known as six point two five. All right. Well, there you go. Thanks, Joe. Oh, 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 I'm shitting. Six point five. Six point two five. All right. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> Uh, thanks, Jeff. That's uh, that was a great um, explanation yeah. for your shitty review. I'm sorry, your your unbiased and objective review of this great fantastic film. It's dead. It's dead on. Yes. So I'll be honest with you. Ebola outbreak, by the way, second second deadliest one. Hmm. What? The second deadliest Ebola outbreak happening in the Congo right now. Oh, Just great. letting you know, hitting great. major city coming your way. So you that's why you were on the phone you were you were giving advice well, or something again I look I know you guys think you know what I do in the world okay but sometimes you know I mean I sometimes you get a actually a glimmer kind of a glimpse you're like wait a minute there might be a little more to this guy than we think is yeah. he really a teacher or Steve, Steve there are superheroes out there all I want to hear is zombies because I got a shit ton of ammo that I'm just excited to use but anyway, and you've, you've got your Nagin beard all grown out. I'm ready for the dude, zombie guys, I got a fucking jacket. I got a baseball bat and I got like, anyway, for the record, just, just for a second. Wow. Anybody who has never freaking seen that's Halloween picture from you. I am like, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> it's pretty scary. How, it's how freaking Nagin. And I'm like, dude. <laughs> You show up in a freaking baseball bat anywhere close to my ass. <laughs> I am running my little ass down the street as fast as I can go. Just saying. Well, actually, I, I will throw that on the page just to see if anybody else uh, thinks the same thing. Carrie. All right, uh, guys. Um, my review of this great and fantastic film, we digress horribly on this. I'm, I'm going to, well, you know what? I'm going to give it a seven. I just, I enjoyed it. I had a good time with it. It's fun. Um, you know, just, it, it does remind me of the original. Yes, it is completely over the top, even over the original, but I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, I, and again, I confess I have never seen any of the others. So to me, I heard one, two, and I have never seen the others. So pretty much gave up after that. Well, I can, I can share a slight bit of trivia, which is Bruce Willis is on record as saying, he thinks that one and four are the best and that two and three are not that good. Interesting. Not, he, he likes them, but they're not as good. All right. So it could be like Michael Caine. They ask him, you know, did, did you ever see this movie? He's like, no, never did see it. He goes, paid for my house, though. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go, folks. That is it with uh, the Man Cave Movie Review, episode 237. We're done with our review. And... Um, Guys, we're not sure if this is going to be the last show of 2018. Uh, we're still trying to figure that out. 
But um, if not, we will see you in 2019 with another great and fantastic review. But I'll be putting some stuff on the Facebook page for you guys to uh, take a look at and enjoy. And um, so we're pretty much done with this show. So, <laughs> so, so it's been written. And so, so it shall, shall be, be done. done. <laughs> All right. And thanks, Jeff, for closing that off for me. Appreciate that. Great. Love it. So that's it, folks. That's it with uh, Man Cave Movie Review, episode 237. We will be back for another great and fantastic film. So I'm your host, Steve Michael, signing off with my very good and dear friend, Ken. I don't always do Tai Chi, but when I do, I'm naked. Roni. Well, I think you can tell I didn't like this movie, and that's why I put about its misery with this eye sickle. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, nice. On the wing of the plane, right? No, that was outside the church. church. Yeah, yeah, outside the church. All right. Be quiet, and, remember? Yeah. No firearms. Can't let them know you're in a close. Yeah. Right. All right. And also saying goodbye and Alvita Zane is our really good and dear friend. Jeff, all right. Ask Santa for a new podcast, Muncie. How do I get out of this chicken shit outfit? You just secure that shit, Muncie. <laughs> <laughs> On cue. There's always one in the podcast. Always There's one. always one. Usually it's Brian. No, it's usually. Actually, <laughs> no. Actually, no, it's always you, Jeff. Oh, nice it's try. Damn. All right. And last. You're still the champ, Jeff. Yeah. Deny, deflect, make counter accusations. That's my motto. There you go. And last and certainly not least is our other very good and dear friend, the Reverend Deuteronomy Skaggs. It's about damn time this thing got over. I got a freaking reindeer flying in from the freaking petting zoo. I mean, Jesus. I mean, you're in my little pond right now. And I'm the big fish in that pond. Just saying. Hey, Jeff, you hear that, you little guppy? You might want to get out of the pond. <laughs> He's trade stocks. He's back. Tra- All right. There you go. All right. There you go, folks. That is it with the Man Cave Movie Review, episode 237. We will see you again on the next show. Until then, ciao. sets off the metal detectors first. The lead in your ass or the shit in your brains. The only people to go to this much trouble are professionals, not luggage thieves and not punks. Professional at what? What the fuck do you think this is, huh? The safety patrol here? This is the resume of a professional mercenary. You got the world's biggest drug dealer on his way here now. What do you need, a slide rule to figure this out? Or maybe another body in a zipper bag before you start asking questions? In our own goddamn system, they gotta be close. I'll have my men tear this airport apart. Just in the nick of time, huh? Hey, McLean, I got a first-class unit here, SWAT team and all. We don't need any Monday morning quarterbacks. Hey, fuck Monday morning. My wife's on one of the goddamn planes these guys are fucking with. That puts me on the playing field.
And if you'd have moved your fat ass when I told you to, we wouldn't be hip deep in shit right, right now. All right, that's it. Security, you're out of here. Listen, Dick. That is your name. Dick. If you're going to continue to get this close, do you think you might consider switching aftershaves? Guess I was wrong about you. You're not such an asshole after all. No, you were right. I'm just your kind of asshole. But at least the truth is not among the hostages. Because I, Richard Thornburg, just happened to be here to put his life and talent on the line for humanity and country. And if this should be my final broadcast. Amen to that.